0: Welcome to the Irish Tech News Podcast, presented by the tech doctor, Ronan Leonard.
1: Hi, good morning. Welcome to today's Irish Tech News Podcast. Today I am talking with Stephen Bowes, Head of Technology at BSI. Good morning, Stephen. How are you doing? Good morning, Ronan.
0: Very well, thank you.
1: Good, Thanks. Uh, can you first of all tell me uh, what you do with technology at Technology BSI?
0: No problem at all. So, so BSI, as most people will be aware, BSI has been around for quite a long time. British Standards Institution, and uh, it's most famously known for for standards and for certification around products and services. Um, what we do in the cybersecurity and information resilience team is we ensure we help our, our organisations um, achieve a state of information resilience. So, what that means is basically ensuring that they're looking after their cyber security services. They're managing their information and privacy requirements, and they're training up their staff and, and ensuring that they are security-aware and compliant. Um, so my role within, within the uh, cybersecurity security information resilience team is to identify new and emerging technologies. Uh, basically, horizon scan to make sure we're aware of the technologies that are coming on board. One of, the, one of the challenges we see in the industry is there's so many technologies coming on at a rapid rate and trying to keep up with those. So we do a lot of that, that heavy lifting for our clients. And then what we do is once we've identified some really good technologies that solve a lot of problems for our clients. We, we go to market with them. We, we, we reach out to our clients. We explain what the technologies are. And indeed, if they're really good, we probably use them ourselves to meet some of our own internal challenges. So really just ensuring that we're, we're ahead of the game in terms of the technology space and making sure that our clients are informed correctly as well to make sure that they achieve a state of information resilience. Yeah,
1: and I guess GDPR made it for you guys a lot easier because you had rules they had to follow that were specific.
0: And GDPR? Yeah. Yes, indeed, and do you know, GDPR is so broad, and it's been talked about so much, but some of key challenges that uh, we've seen with businesses has been around a couple of key elements of, of the GDPR one of them has been around DSARs which are uh, data subject access yeah. requests and, and what we've found is with with the the growth as everybody knows has been an incredible growth of data over the last number of years they, they, yeah, just look at your own personal people's personal devices the iPhones yeah. the laptops are coming with greater greater capacities so there's a greater amount of data being stored and then what happened was GDPR came in in 2018 obviously and people were subject to a company organizations were subject to access requests so people could say can you give me all the information about myself and suddenly they realized they had a data challenge because they had to go into their into their data space and figure out you know where is our data what do we need to collect and we had to, they had to do it in a time frame um, and if they didn't do it in a time frame there was penalties so um Technology is, is key to helping solve some of those problems and making the technology do the work um, to minimize the manual effort in trying to identify data, trying to collect it for stuff like DSARS and other, other uh, data access requests. And then to produce that data in, in, you know, in on DVD, CD, paper, whatever format they needed to, to get it back out to the person who requested the data. So, this, so technology is a, is a crucial part to help organizations meet these type of challenges that have come along in recent times.
1: So can you tell me a bit more about the challenges uh, CISOs will face in 2020?
0: Well, there's a, a there's a myriad of challenges, and it really depends upon uh, some of the verticals, some, some of the industries that they're in, in terms of regulatory, if it's financial services or healthcare. But there's a couple of kind of generic ones that cross across all of them. I think one of the challenges has been around for a long time, actually, it's not a new one for 2020, but it, it, it's still prevalent. And that's one of culture, yeah. you know, uh, creating a culture of awareness uh, uh, and responsibility within companies. Um, you know, sometimes CISOs can be either with a company for a period of time or just join the company. and. Really realize there's a number of legacy issues there you know this is always how we've done it what do you mean we have to do something different you know that type of mindset so sometimes it's it's very important for CISOs to be very people orientated to have strong communication skills and actually uh, outline the benefits of, of you know, changing the culture, changing the level of awareness increasing the level of awareness you know, I, I met a client one time uh, for a meeting, we had a discussion around this topic and he, one of his responses to a, a query I had was why would anybody attack us, we're only bakers you know and I said well because you're listed on the stock exchange and you have shareholders and you have responsibilities and, and we had a conversation around that and this was a this was a mindset shift so I think um, the, that's one of the uh, challenges that we have is, is around culture the other one is around as I have just kind of mentioned and touched on is around data management and, and data growth one of the key challenges um, we've seen in the industry over the last year or two and not just driven by GDPR but other reasons has been is around data and the, and the location of data so as as uh, organizations uh, move to the cloud you know they've, they've adopted all Office 365 Salesforce.com Box.com etc. all these cloud based services um, and, and these cloud services have multiple locations globally and they, they have high levels of resilience they synchronize data between data centers so if you ask a CISO, or indeed a CIO or a, a chief data officer where is your data if I'm asking you the question where is your data it can be a challenge to actually identify oh okay, it's in a data center Dublin or it's in Amsterdam or Frankfurt somewhere like that and and knowing about that and knowing where that data is also helps them with their regulatory requirements. You know, if you've got data in, or if you've got German employees or Swiss or Austrian, they have different privacy um, expectations to EU, who have different privacy expectations to, to um, US-based citizens. So it, that's that's very important is around data management. And I think that's going to be very, 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 very important for 2020. Um, I think the other thing, big challenge, and this is not a 2020 thing, but it's, it's just getting worse in 2019, 2020, is staffing. Roland, you know how the, what the job market is yeah. like at the moment. Very difficult to to get anybody uh, in IT in general. And when it comes to actually security, cybersecurity, information security, uh, recruiting those, the right type of candidates, uh, retaining the existing set of candidates is very, very difficult. And that's a big challenge for CISOs because at the end of the day, it's about having the right people and the right technologies. Uh, be, that, that's the key to, to being successful from a security officer perspective. Um, the other area that we've seen a lot of work on, and fair play, a lot of our clients have, have, are aware of this, is supply chain yeah okay so as people are are moving to the cloud what, those cloud services are coming into their supply chain so Supply chains are what what we call getting longer and getting more complex. Uh, A lot of the breaches we've read about in the news in recent times have not been a breach of the parent company. There's been a breach of a a subsidiary or of a supply chain company. Somebody supplying, you know, point-of-sale terminals or supplying some other services. Uh, Maybe it could be payroll services. And and they get breached and they have have an input into, they have a link into the parent company and the uh, attackers can go from there and can move through the organization, through the weakest link. So supply chain is very, very important um to, to get right. Um and finally, if I may, is is around um uh, what we call vulnerability and configuration management, and so a lot of the breaches that we've seen in recent times have been about mistakes—mistakes mistakes made by people, misconfiguration. You know, uh, not patching systems, um, leaving data exposed on, on websites, on test development uh, environments, and so on. It's basically human errors, yeah. uh, effectively. So I think it's very important as a challenge for for CISOs to address that, and they can address it through a series of of ways. Um, but they they'd be some of the key challenges we, we're seeing in the industry at the moment. That's we headed to 2020.
1: And I guess when you mentioned about, for example, you've got a supply chain company who you're using that could, have a, that could be a way into your company, I guess one way to address that would be to have in your contract with them, they have to be compliant uh, the way you are security wise.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So one of the ways you can address the supply chain piece is to have a really comprehensive onboarding process, okay? Yeah. And we've seen a lot of our clients have, have are begin to do this. They have developed very good and complex security questionnaires, which get sent out to the suppliers to be filled out and then to be evaluated. Um, so we we would recommend to our clients, if, if somebody wanted to build a questionnaire, they can obviously build it from scratch and ask them their own series of questions. But we would recommend, there, there are a couple of questionnaires that are available uh, uh, online, and you can manipulate these to your own, Benefit. One of them is the Cloud Security Alliance CAIQ, which is the uh, consensus questionnaire that they make available. Um, It 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 poses about 120 questions in an Excel spreadsheet across a series of domains. So they 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 talk about have you got certifications? Are your users trained? Have you got you know vulnerability testing or penetration testing, etc. You know they they cover off a range of topics, and that's all. That's freely available on the CSA, the Cloud Security Alliance's website. You can pull that down. You can. It's free to use. You can put your own name on it and you can manipulate the questions accordingly. That's a really good one. Uh, and as a CISO here within within BSI's uh, cybersecurity team, I receive these on, on a regular basis to fill up myself, um, which I think is, is really good. Another uh, standard that people use is uh, the, the famous one, the ISO 27001, which is the security management system standard. And people are using the domains within that to form uh, questionnaires. So really having a strong supply chain questionnaire and onboarding process. And then to make sure it's not a one-off process because things change, you know? Yeah. So if I, do a, if I do an evaluation of one of my key supply, suppliers in, let's say, January 2019, it should be worth doing again in either January 2020 or some stage of 2020 because their posture will change. You know, they'll be, they'll have done a merger an acquisition themselves or, you know, have been bought or bought somebody else. They'll have expanded their footprint or, or moved to the cloud, whatever whatever their strategy is. And uh, you need to be kept abreast of those changes and that's the way to do it. So I think that's a really key action for CIOs and CISOs is to make sure that the supply chain onboarding is comprehensive and that it is it is iterative as well to make sure you keep, keep, uh, keep an Eye on the posture as it changes.
1: Because I guess every year you're in a your, your business, you're going to be using new technology, and new hardware and software, and all that. So you got to make sure you know how that works and make sure how that fits in with what you're doing security wise.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And you know, there's so much technology out there. And indeed, Amazon just in the, in the last week or so have released three new security tools, which didn't exist previously. So it's it, one of the key things. And one of the chat, one of the questions I get asked is, how do how do how do I? Uh, I've got a job to do. You know, I've got a, I've got a nine to five or an eight to eight job Monday, Friday, Monday, Saturday. How am I How am I supposed to keep abreast of that? The thing is, we have a responsibility as CISOs to, to stay abreast of of the emerging technologies and developments. So what. What I would say to people is a key phrase little and often that 's what I would say around industry education. Yeah. stay aware of industry developments, subscribe to blogs and um, you know um, attend webinars as, as, as you get an invite as, as you see fit you know download some white papers little enough, and often if you, if you did five to ten minutes of reading or listening a day, that will be sufficient. you know attend industry events, put your partners the big companies Microsoft Amazon semantics. You know, they're all throwing events, McAfee. A lot of them are actually based in Ireland as yeah. well. So you can go to the RDS or you, you can go to Crow Park or wherever the event is and attend events, meet with your peers, have a conversation. I think, you know, you have a duty. There's no point in uh, being, you know, just getting stuck into your own day-to-day job without listening to what the market is doing because you'll find yourself a step or two behind at some point and it can be a jump to catch up so a little bit of education on a regular basis is key to understanding those new technologies those developments that are occurring um, and indeed if I may if you're using some of the, these uh, cloud technologies especially like Office 365 Salesforce.com whatever those companies themselves are constantly reevaluating. like Netflix you know every time you go into Netflix you see the menu changes slightly every, every couple of days uh, what it is is they're developing the product in the background and, and it's the same for Microsoft and Amazon they're doing the exact same thing so so it's very important to stay abreast of those changes and take advantage of them.
1: And I guess, for example, if you're somebody who now you can work from home, you're going to make sure that when you're working from home, your systems at home aren't compromised.
0: Yeah, that's very, very important. And, you know, uh, you know, I've done a presentation recently about um, security security attacks that no one tells you about, and um, one of them is exactly that. We're seeing a, a much broader level of uh, remote workers, um, home workers, etc. And 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 rightly so. The, you know, the work life balance is very important from a recruitment and retention perspective to to, to make that offering available. But yeah, no. So what organisations need to do is to ensure that they have a a, a home worker evaluation sheet. So I'll give you some examples of some of the things that we do Uh, we need to ensure that the Wi-Fi is secure at home it's not open Wi-Fi that there is an appropriate protocol put on and an appropriate password in place Um, you want to disable all the non-security services you want to make sure there's good physical security at the end of the day you're giving somebody the the, the two things that make up um, what are very important to organizations is data and people Okay, so, so so the staff member is incredibly important, incredibly important asset to the organisation, as is data. But and by giving them the asset of, of a laptop or an endpoint or a tablet, and then they go home, so they're sitting at home. So you want to make sure that they've got a good physical, secure environment as well, so that if, if there's any issues in terms of the risk of burglary, that, you know, the asset is as secure as it is. So alarms and, and physical security is very important as well. Um, yeah, and you want to make sure they're using the, the, that those people are, are connected into the uh, organisation and are being managed from a security perspective. So using, I don't know, either a web proxy to manage their internet traffic, ensuring that they get their Windows updates or, or patches to their Apple iPhones to mobile device management. And then finally, if something does happen, if there is a, what we call an incident, that you have an incident management process available that you can wipe the data remotely, that you can you can potentially, depending on your privacy policy, you can um, identify the location of the asset if it was to be stolen, uh, etc. So you, you need to think about, when you do have a remote work, you need, there's a number of elements that need to be thought about out to ensure that they are secure and the, the, the organization is as protected as possible so they can work from anywhere in the world effectively.
1: Yeah, for me, the biggest threat at home for me would be like a, uh, a IoT device, like a connected fridge or a smart TV or a smart cooker or, or, uh, or something like that where basically the passcode is always probably 0000 and it's not been changed.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, the IoT is a huge area of development as you know, and, and you know, people, it, it, it's, it's funny, we, we go into, into organizations and we'd say to, uh, to an organization, how many cloud services do you think you're using? And, and you know, if you, LinkedIn will be one cloud service. Facebook is another one, etc. Yeah. And they would say, oh, I don't know, maybe 200, you know, 250. And the average organization, average 100 person organization use over 2,000 cloud services, believe it or not. Yeah. They just don't realize it. And it's the same at, I, that, it's the same at IoT. If you say to somebody, how many IoT devices do you have at home? And you go, and they're thinking of Toasters and Fridges and of course they're not IoT. Most people don't have IoT ones of those. They go, oh, none, one, I don't too. But of course, as you say, Alexas, Google Homes, Ring doorbells, etc. These are all talking the home. They're all feeding backwards. So it is incredibly important and like an organisation, uh, another Briefing we've done for our clients is around adapting the same security posture at home as you do in your organization. So, what we mean by that is when you walk into your, into your organization, uh, your security is kind of handled for you. You know, there's a security team, there's firewalls, there's access controls, there's antivirus, there's a ton of security tools in place for you, and you just go and get on and do your job. But when you go home and you start using your personal devices, none of that. You're responsible for all of that. And it's a very important uh, from a mindset perspective that there's no point in being really strong from a security perspective in work and then being really weak at home because you're only as strong as your weakest point, Ronan. as you yeah. know. So um, I think it's very important that people do, Read the devices, read back to them, that they do uh, follow best practice. So as you say, um, change the default codes, the passwords, change the parameters, um, make them as secure as possible. um, And and be aware of your privacy, you know. Be aware, like these devices are listening, if they are speakers, uh, or if they're cameras, they are watching 24-7, whatever. Be aware of where you're pointing them. And one thing that came up in the UK recently actually was bit about data privacy and cameras. So if you do have an outdoor camera, for example, it can only be looking at your property. And if, it, if you are capturing other people, let's say you're capturing your neighbor, there's a portion capturing, that neighbor has a right to go in and request to, to view the footage and they have a right to request the deletion of the footage. So you need to be very mindful of, of some of the, of the elements around IoT but it's, it's a very exciting I think it's, it's an exciting area I think it's going to be very uh, interesting from a um, healthcare perspective yeah. uh, from an emergency services perspective from, and from uh, a connectivity perspective in terms of you know you can, you can set an alarm from home you can order food you can put the heating on from home on your way home on the bus on the train whatever I think it's got very exciting developments but as, as with Everett, all new technologies with these, in, with these exciting developments there's also a number of risks and they just need to be managed by people
1: Okay, and again, back to CISOs. What are the key skills they require to do their job today?
0: Uh, for CISOs, well, you know, CISOs have to be, um, have, to have a, a hybrid series of skills. Um, years ago, the CISOs would have been very techno- technically minded, very, very skilled people. I remember working in financial services many years ago, and sometimes you'd see the, the CISO or the security officer come in and you'd run the opposite direction because he knew he was going to ask you a lot of really difficult questions. But today's CISO is a far broader range of skill sets. They need to be very much commercially aware. They need to be mindful of the business strategy. Um, they need to be pragmatic. There needs to be there needs to be a balance between applying security. You know, there's no point in putting really heavy security and making the use of a service really hard. You can imagine in a home environment, putting in a, a twenty nine character password that you have to put in every time you want to connect to the internet. That's not going to work. Um, so you need to be pragmatic. They need to be people orientated. As I say, if if they're trying to communicate um, changes, if they're trying to manage new security changes coming in, if so they're trying to overcome legacy cultures, uh, if they're trying to put in new technology which are changing the way people do things or, um, they need to have really strong uh, people skills really strong communication skills so very much becoming a, a, a very much a trusted advisor within the company being someone who has the company's best interests at heart is communicating the need for these security changes and is staying on top of the game Is, is iter- you know, has an iterative plan year on year adapts to new technologies and basically you know, if you think of companies who are if you do this job right uh, and you make security a backbone of your strategy, it becomes a unique selling point for your company. If you're trying to win a, win a contract with another company, if you're trying to get, uh, do a tender, and you have a really strong security posture if you're certified, if you've got really strong incident management and a strong uh, security program, it's going to make a big difference in the decision-making process, you can imagine, for um, customers who are trying to sign contracts or offer you business. So I think that, that they're the skills that need a really a r- broad range of hired skills in t- uh, for today's CISOs.
1: And I guess this time of the year is the kind of year when they're going to need them more than ever because everyone's kind of lax because it's Christmas time.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So this is—you're absolutely right. And you know, you know, if you adopt the security posture in, in your at a personal environment. So if you're working in retail right now, everything's getting really busy. You know, I remember talking to friends of mine who worked in in the gambling industry, and they would say, you know, they get really busy around the Easter races or, or the World Cup or, or whatever. So at Christmas time, obviously, it's retail, yeah. uh, primarily and um, banks. So you're absolutely right. When you get that increased volume of transactions uh, in that space, it's it's even easier for a hacker to, to insert themselves in that in that kind of background noise and hide amongst that traffic so even more so than ever, there needs to be that, that double checking of systems, uh, looking for anomalies and using the technologies you know, using, the, you, there's so many millions of events going on, having the technologies to filter those and to realise what events are actually severe, which are critical, what needs to be analysed and, and actions, um, you know, it's very important for retailers, for, for financial services to be very mindful at this moment in time and indeed, if I may, you can you can you know extrapolate that to, to people as well. So if in your personal space you're going to be using your credit card, your debit card far more often than you normally would, you've got to keep an eye on that spend. Check your your balances. Make sure there's no rogue transactions. And what they do, of course, is they'll insert a, a, a you know a one euro transaction on your credit card. You won't notice it in terms yeah. of the balance, um, but it's a trial, and that they um, that they're doing to see if they, if they have the right credentials, and then from there they'll extrapolate. So you're absolutely correct at this time. Year, a number of uh, industries need to, need to be keep a uh, double check on the the security transactions as they come through the systems.
1: Is there anything else you want to add to the podcast?
0: No, I mean, uh, as I say, it's a very exciting time to be within the security industry, within within the cybersecurity industry. Uh, I would, I, I would. Encourage anybody who is working in uh, global IT. Actually, is working maybe in the system side or the database networking side. Uh, I think it's a really exciting time to move into the security side. I think the, the industry is evolving at a rapid rate, and we're very much short across the industry as CISOs. We're very short of people. It, it is exciting. It is a global industry, you know, with the, cl- the move to the cloud and so on. So, if anybody is is working in IT or in an IT related um, role and they'd be interested in moving cybersecurity I'd say, look, check it out. Um, you know, review the space. I think it's very very, very exciting, and I'd, I'd look forward to working. Anybody who would be want to move across, I think that'd be a great idea.
1: Uh, thanks very so much, for that, Stephen. Have a great day, and have a happy Christmas too, as well.
0: Many thanks, Ron. Thanks, Thank you. Cheers. Thanks, Brian.